Greetings and salutations. Are you there, Eric? I am here. Welcome. It is so extraordinary to have you here. For all my listeners and viewers, once I get this on YouTube and all those platforms, this is the Dream Witch, Phoenix the Dream, King Dreamy, but formerly known as CJ Cummings. And I am excited to have my mentor and friend, Eric C. Thompson. How are you doing this glorious Sunday? I'm doing great. I have no complaints and I am glad to be here as well. Uh, you know, anytime we get to chop it up, it's a good time. And that is so true. And so I'm excited for everyone that's listening. I have been taking on my journey of my fast and this is day 27. I am excited because the 9th of February, I will be able to cook. But within Black History <laughs> Month, because this is Black History Month, I kind of wanted to shift the conversation to Black male fragility and Black male health. And of course, as my mentor said and friend, we always have great, wonderful conversations. So I kind of wanted to, I'm so excited to have this conversation. Eric is a remarkable and wonderful person. Um, this man has really, for all those that are listening, when I talk about support, when I talk about brotherhood, when I talk about many things that are important to me, this man is the man behind the great man that I am. So <laughs> I truly appreciate him being here. But I wanted to gauge this conversation because I have been dealing with a lot. I've been talking about it on my past conversations, even today on my other platforms of Clubhouse. And because we're in Black History Month, I think it is important to have this conversation about what are we experiencing as Black men in this new age within different generations and, and what's going on with us? Like, how are we healing and for me, myself, as the millennial being that I am, just how do I support what's actually going on? You know, so I, you know, it's never been a secret. My life, my lifestyle is one perspective, but I wanted to really engage and have a conversation with my mentor for all you to hear on what do you think, Eric, is really going on within us, for us as Black men, and how do we move forward, not only in our healing, but in healthy eating? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> but I will start with um, uh, acknowledging that we are in an unprecedented time for Black men. Yes. Um, we have always been, um, as a good friend, uh, and philosopher Charles Dutton said and um, uh, what was the movie Minister Society mm -hmm. it is open season on us and it's been that way since, since the 1960s in this way but obviously prior to then we've always been a target um, there's so many reasons and that's a whole nother podcast uh, if we start to talk about why that is uh, but currently the justice system has been weaponized against us um, in a way that we haven't seen before uh, is much more systematized it's much more 
uh, systemic is much more um, uh, embedded in our culture. And so, um, you know, the, the human psyche can only take so much. Uh, we can only see so many um, um, incidents uh, that target a particular group of people uh, without feeling some kind of way about it. And then what I also feel, Carl, and you know, I talk about this a lot, uh, is we are less um, buffered. We are less uh, insulated against these you know psychological and emotional uh, uh, toxic um, environmental factors we're less insulated against them because of the breakdown of our communities and that's really what I think is going on there has never been a time in our history when we didn't have you know a strong um, leader to point to as a people but also there hasn't been a time in our communities that we haven't had leaders in our communities to point to. Uh, there was a time when our pastors, our uh, coaches, our even, you know, I mean, just, 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 you know, think back. Um, there was just a time when, you know, if you ignored the, the, the rhetoric from television, but if you just paid attention to what was going on in the community, um, in our communities, you know, black men withstood uh, the test of time. Um, all the way from reconstruction up to today uh, with positivity, hopefulness, leadership. Uh, now, uh, we're just so disconnected as a people that most young men, if they didn't have a father figure that they could identify, they were just lost. And we're still there. Um, I think things are better. I think that black men are um, seeking uh, support and help. Uh, it's less taboo to get the help that we need. But, brother... We have not experienced this kind of breakdown in our communities, uh, I don't think, um, um, since we've been uh, stranded uh, behind enemy lines in America. And I truly appreciate you saying that because personally for myself, I am in such a beautiful, happy place, but in being this energy, this light, you know, touched by the most high when I encounter other black men who just seem so worn down and just beat up by life. You know, the question is, always is, how do I show up? You know, is the plight of the black man, um, is it weighted for all of us? You know, and how do we support each other without hindering ourselves or being drained? Um, because that is true, you know, we, we are divided, you know, whether it's the LGBT community or the heterosexual community or black men who identify as black or African-American, there's just so much. And even the men that are choosing to be at war with black women um, and everyone, they're still black men. So, you know, I care, you know, I really do. I mean, even when it comes to holding people accountable, but with the, the, the height of this mental and emotional um, place that we're at, you know, what do we do? How do we move forward? How do we get that back? You know, I'm always running into people that are always wanting to create and do things um, for the community, but nobody's doing it. Um, or right, right, right. they're just moving and they just 
look so sad and out. And I'm not saying that's everyone, but the blessing that I've had being able to share space with other Black men who we have different lifestyles, different spiritual beliefs, and we still support each other. How do we grow that? Or is it? Or, you know, how do we do that in these times where everything is so tense and at war? Mm -hmm. so, so I think part of what we're doing is identifying it. You know, um, I'm going to try to use an analogy that uh, makes sense to everybody else because <laughs> sometimes my analogies only make sense to me. But um, we as a people have really um, become accustomed to pain. And so we allow our pain really to uh, grow beyond the ability to treat it. Um, like a wound, right? Like a broken leg or like a, um, uh, out of, um, um, what do you call it? When you're misaligned uh, bone uh, in, your, in your back or in your foot or something like that. And then when by the time you get to the doctor, it's like, well, there's so much damage here, you know? Um, and so what we're seeing though is we're at that tipping point and uh, the you know, suicide rates are increasing and things like that. And the availability of drugs is so, you know, I heard something the other day. Um, someone said um, a lollipop pill or something like that. And I think they're talking about fentanyl. I mean, this, the accessibility of the means to destroy ourselves. It, it's easier. It's easier to get pills than it is to get fresh fruit in most communities that we live in. And so, you know. We're at that point. So the question is, what do we do? So I think we recognize that we need to do something and we recognize that it is okay to not be okay. That is the positive. I hear more and more black men talking about, and I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about those with platforms and voices, not leaders like Dr. King and, and those in Malcolm X. We don't have those anymore. But even just, um, you know, the podcast community, the uh, sports writers, you know, we, you know, sports is one of those avenues where we come together uh, still. It's one of those. Um, 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 As American uh, sports are the center of everything. Right. Yeah. And and so it's a safe space for us to, to come together. And as we, we make we still make time because there are safe spaces. We just don't make the time. Um, but we make the time for that. And so the, the writers and the commentators and some of those people we look up to, they're talking about mental health and, and, and getting therapy. So we are we have a great opportunity to see um, a great healing take place. Um, but here's the other wild card, Carl. And excuse me for calling you government name. But here is the, here's the other wild card is our vocational lives are draining us. And we're, again, as I mentioned earlier, we're finding it hard to make the time to do the things that we need to do. More and more I think this great recession has to do with people really hitting their limits and they're just walking off their jobs or they're just putting in their notices. I was on TikTok yesterday and a guy <laughs> quit on TikTok um, and he quit because he, he's a white guy, but he was tired of seeing so much racism. Uh, and I'll call it out. Uh, uh, he worked for Casey's the uh, you know, gas station and he was just tired of seeing it and tired of being a part of it. He just quit on TikTok. My point, though, I think I'm trying to make is that he said, what do we do? I think we know what to do. I think the tools are there. 
but the prioritization is 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 the missing link and that is where if we can make some headway there and i you know i love it i listen to a podcast and it might be about fantasy football and better help will have an ad and uh talks about if you're familiar with better help it's an online therapist um and they've been around for a while but uh and they're targeting you know men who are listening to podcasts about all right so they're really speaking specifically to that demographic so i said i think it's more the more we see those sorts of opportunities it becomes much more normalized uh, the technology is going to help us overcome these crazy schedules we're working uh, with all of our responsibilities um, and then that you know hopefully that connection will will make a, a significant impact in our communities thank you that you know i appreciate that shout out to better help um I would love to advertise you on here. Check me out. But um, I think that it's so phenomenal that you brought that to attention that really the strategy is with anyone, with any group, with any community is seeking those spaces that are important to us. Of course, men, especially Black men, consistently for generations, their focus is work and taking care of those things, you know, for entertainment, sports. And so, you know, just providing those spaces with that information and following up on that and being able to have that access because we are our free spirited beings. We tend to focus entirely on things that aren't always beneficial to us. But if you fill those spaces with the balance of resources and information, that is a good idea. I mean, technology is advancing. I know there has been a great shift for those of us who are spiritual and pay attention to the signs. All of that is shifting. And so what's interesting about what you said, um, Eric, and it's so good to say my government name, you know. <laughs> I mean, this is a podcast, but I'm not too grounded. I'm a flowing person. I have many names. Um, and I'm not afraid to have that. You know, the names that I go by for um, entertainment or for branding are for that. But, you know, my government name is my government name. And I say that to say, we're all changing and growing and evolving. This conversation, this podcast, this fast, this journey for all of us is about meeting ourselves where we're at so that we can have the space and energy to focus on the things that we love and we pride ourselves in and so that is a very a very wonderful space you know because men we are more focused on you know providing for those of us that have that space and opportunity but even for those that don't you know we are in a space in this new year even with everything going on with COVID and stuff where people are tired people are tired of working um, jobs just for the sake of working people are wanting more and more to be in good spaces of energy especially with the shift and how people focus spiritually that's all for a reason and so especially with men especially with black men who have been treated a certain way or had to deal with certain things for so many generations and all their life without having that space to grow and heal i think this is just the time where not only are your force, but you're just really taking that time and opportunity. Um, every conversation I've been having with a lot of people have been that. So I'm a person that believes everything happens for a reason. Um, it's just for me and myself, you know, as the millennial that I am, 
and the privilege that I have. And I say that to have, I had this conversation earlier about recognizing my privilege and everybody's journey is different. You do have certain people who are still at their low vibrational space. And that just literally means people who are just starting their healing journey or who are even starting or acknowledging, but aware, and they're not ready yet to accept that. Um, what's the balance? You know, what's, how, and, and I say that on how do you protect yourself as a leader or as somebody who is really focused on bettering your community, but you have a group of your people. Uh, I'm not Christian, but you know, there's so many passages of leading people. You, you can't, you, you, you can lead people, but you can't force them to do things. And so as much as we are aware in our community of things that need to change, especially in our group as men, there are certain men who aren't ready or for those men who still dwell in a toxic thing how do you navigate that mm -hmm. um eric um how do you navigate those spaces with men that may not that may say some very damaging things or some offensive things or who may be in a space where they need help they're not aware of it um and their energy and their presence may be damaging you mm -hmm. know you're a so, leader yeah yeah so uh, here's a couple couple things um and you mentioned uh, like a church community. You know, every church community is not a healthy church community. Mm -hmm. um, I think for any relationship you have, you have to understand the purpose of that relationship. Um, some people participate in organized religion um, to build for the community, not necessarily to meet their spiritual needs. They're able to meet their spiritual needs on their own. Um, I will tell you, I fall into that category. And so I don't depend on my church. I don't depend on my job to, um, for community, right? I don't, I don't need, I don't need uh, the happy hours. I don't need that. Um, I don't need um, boys night out. I don't need that. But what I do need is for my, those who are like-minded to have access to men who are like-minded like yourself. Uh, who, that I, who I can call on. Um, and I'm just going to shout you out, um, Phoenix. You have been pitching an idea to me for years about um, men's retreat um, and getting back to enjoying the outdoors, um, getting back to, you know, not having, you know, every meeting that you attend has to have uh, an agenda to move the world forward. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to be present and share and just enjoy, you know, golf or, you know, um, or just the hike, you know, you've been pitching that for a long time. And I think you're ahead of your time. Uh, I think, I think you're behind your time, but ahead of your time. I think we used to enjoy those kinds of things. We had, you know, active Boy Scout troops and, and, and our, you know, just so many things that were available for, for boys to um, grow and to get comfortable being around men and interacting with men. Uh, but because of the breakdown of community, the breakdown of family, um, and I mentioned churches, most people don't go to church in their community anymore. Uh, most people don't worship in their community anymore. They drive out somewhere else. All of those things have contributed to that breakdown. But um, I think um, I I attribute, and I got I have as many issues as anyone else, right? But I attribute my ability to be able to. Um, to um, 
heal and to grow through those things to my relationships with like-minded individuals and some of them many of them not even aren't, aren't even in my city i have friends all over and then um you know you are one of those people that you know we probably talk if not you know every other week uh, when we're working on actually working on a project we're talking you know a couple times a week uh that matters for those who don't have that who have uh, found themselves isolated you know you see you see a lot of the issues we're talking about when it comes to suicide um, and i would tell you uh, as a former mental health therapist most mental illnesses most mental illness diagnoses have um, uh, a feature of isolation included in that diagnosis does that make sense did i say that correctly uh, there's a comorbidity there you know, you don't have, I mean, when you look at the 10, 10 um, uh, diagnoses criteria for depression, major depressive disorder, isolation is in there, schizophrenia, bipolar, all of it's in there. Isolation is always present. And so, you know, for me, it is not isolating and is in, uh, in ensuring that I am um, leaning on my community, but my community is not limited to pe- place and uh, space. I, that, you know, and this is, this to me, I just have to shout out our relationship because we could be having a, a general conversation and it's just so profound at the things we learn from each other, but you're truly right and i do want to go back to some things he said um for those of course we both work in education and things like that but you know for those who do not really understand that religion is an organization and so it is okay to join an organization for the things that they govern by or the benefits but a lot of people do have their own spiritual journey within organizations and that's okay even if you choose to um to me and i thank you for acknowledging phoenix because that is my true name and that is where i'm going to um but i think that is where we are at as men um i am so ready for anybody that's listening to establish i have been talking about this for a while because what we as men do not realize in comparison to our female or divine feminine counterparts and divine feminine and masculine energy is in all of us but those who resonate in only those um we miss that we come short because as women or divine feminine energy fellowship together and and have this natural support we are isolated we are forced part of that is the historical oppression that we have had and that's not just black men that has been the setup of men in general uh whoever created that you know whatever but it is detrimental to our growth as beings and so i wanted to do this because we don't sit down in enough of course anybody that knows me that's what i'm about i'm gonna always ask those questions we're gonna always have that because not only is that a part of my healing as i say to my mentors when you feed into me i feed into you i'm not a one-sided person i'm all or nothing and so i pick up on things and i want to make sure that those who support me that i'm supporting them 
but I was watching this video years ago. God, time goes by so fast, but I was watching this video of these men sitting at a table and there were men that were LGBT, there were men that were white, there were men that were black. There were all different types of men sitting and having an open conversation. And to me, when I talk about on my platforms and stuff, how our society has really set us up for failure when we can't even be comfortable talking about the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis. Sex, sexuality, work, feelings, all of that are things that we do. When we can't even have that, how can we consider ourselves to be men and leaders? It has nothing to do with masculinity. It has everything to do with the things that are a part of us that we need to release, especially emotionally and mentally. We tend to, we're no different than women. I don't know where that concept comes from. I mean, I have an idea, but I don't know where that concept comes from, you know, emasculation, this, this, and that, where there is some truth, but overall, estrogen, testosterone, we're one of the same beings. We're just created in one aspect versus other in the science and stuff. I do love science so that we can procreate, but that's not all that we are. And so when we lack as men that space and opportunity to just love on each other or to just be genuine, we carry that. You know, so many men I talk to are like, God, I don't have anybody to talk to. You're the first person to really open and be genuine. It's uncomfortable, you know? It's a very uncomfortable experience. I mean, I've had men like question, and I'm like, I'm just trying to be cool. I'm just literally asking, how are you doing? And just expressing genuine love. And to realize that there are men that have never had anyone tell them that they're beautiful or they're handsome or they are intelligent or they're capable or they're amazing or just general things. It's really, it's shocking sometimes. It's not a surprise, it's just shocking because it's just realizing how far we are still growing and how far we're still behind as a community, even within each other, because I always quote Dr. Dr. Joy DeGruel, which Deja Bush and Eric C. Thompson put me onto that. But the biggest thing for me was really when she said the words, when I was young, I wanted to know why we as people of color still treated each other the way that we do. That becomes a historical journey. That becomes an understanding of what has gone on with us and how much we have carried and how much we haven't healed. But a lot of that comes from protective things, from slave times that we don't really need anymore. And so getting to now, it is important for us, you know, to find people. It doesn't have to be a group of people who no one's saying that you have to be all connected to everybody and the black community or black man, but find your people because you deserve, even as black men, to be loved to be supported, to be nurtured. And that's something, Eric, that I find that's still shocking to, to realize and hear men say, well, no, that's 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 not for men or that's not. And I'm literally sitting there like, so you don't deserve love or you don't deserve someone. Well, where does that come from or why is that? Why do you feel that you don't? And you, you tailor those questions in different ways because you yourself and your space are speaking into existence are literally saying that you don't deserve to be loved and be happy where does that come from and why is that and 
are you going to do something about it? And I ask those questions that way because I have also had to realize in my growth and in my space that it's not my right or my position to force anyone to do anything that they don't want to or they're not comfortable with. But as a leader, as someone quoted, first generation leader, shout out to Erickson Thompson, um, I'm really just trying to stand in my way as a man that I am because I do have a privilege and a space that I am becoming more and more super excited for. But we as men can be complicated beings, especially when we have adjusted to and become far too comfortable with being less than when it comes to things that we need to grow within ourselves. So I think this is a very phenomenal space to be challenged in for people to be walking away because as a spiritual, because my platform is spiritual educational and spirituality to move and enlighten to that higher space, to have the blessings that you deserve, you will have to be moved from stuff. You will have to be shifted from stuff and you will have to break away. Um, is that going to be comfortable? Is that going to be easy? No. But I want to see Black kings be great. I want to see Black kings return. And king, does that mean royalty in that sense? No. It just means the greatness that we are as beautiful Black men. That's removed from sexuality because for me, and that's a whole other conversation, I get so tired of Black men only seeing themselves as procreators as I'm just supposed to be with a woman to have kids. And that's not it. I get the generational things. I get what the world has done. But we're so much more than what we create in the physical sense between a man and a woman. We're, we're more than that. And so I my, my plan is to, this year, is to have my first fellowship or brotherhood meeting just to sit. You know, my plan is to cook and honor because they used to do these things these are things that were done especially in spiritual religious times where you fellowship where you fed where you nurtured where you catered without any um ill intent or it wanted anything you just did that and that's what creates the bond and the energy that you want between people so i'm so glad that you brought that up um because it's time is what we need, you know, especially in this vegan space that I am. The reason why I decided to do my vegan, and we're going to shift into another conversation, Eric, is because I realized even in dating, even in how I feel within myself, I was still healing and still things were still triggered. And so for the first time ever, I decided to fast from sex because I needed to sit within what had happened to me? How was I viewed and how was I viewing myself? And so I wanted to ask you, even as, I mean, as a black man within yourself, and not really sharing too much, but just in general, what do we do as black men when, we, when we're growing and trying to understand how to have healthier relationships? You have a wonderful relationship with an extraordinary and talented black woman. Shout out to Dr. Jamila Watson Thompson. And I know you guys have been through things, but you know, you have your love, you have that. But for those of us that are looking for that relationship, or just honoring that space of having a fully cohesive relationship, what is some advice or something mm -hmm. that you can share with us as single men? 
So, you know, um, <laughs> you and I, you know, we've talked about this a lot. And I don't, you know, obviously, I don't have all the answers because I do truly feel like um, we were connected by another force. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not, no doing of my own. But what I did, what I am responsible for is recognizing what I had, what I had and what I have. And I don't put it at risk. And uh, which leads us to where we are today, coming up on 21 years this year. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you, like you said, it hasn't been, you know, um, um, easy every single day. But I will tell you that one of the one of the advantages we have and we have had since the beginning is we recognize when we're putting other things first um, the, the job the career you know the, the kids all of those things always come to threaten what we have not in a bad way I mean you know your job helps you to live your life right uh, you need your pay your kids are it's a good thing to have you know loving kids that you know you give attention to but you have to maintain um, the bond it's not automatic that is that is um, a lie that is a misnomer that is a myth it is not automatic that is only on television and lifetime movies it takes work but I don't mean like it's a chore I don't want to compare it to a chore it simply takes being intentional Yes. And and creating the conditions for growth. I don't care how strong a plant is. It cannot grow without sunlight. It cannot survive without water. It cannot. Yes. No matter how extraordinary it is. Even a cactus can be, you know, deprived of what it needs. What makes a cactus a cactus is that it can get water where it is, but it still needs water. So, you know, these points have been made over and over again. But so many of us suffer from uh, having knowledge, but not applying the knowledge. Knowledge is great, but applied knowledge is better. And um, so there you go. Now, when you talk about a single person and how do you find it, I think it has more to do with self-love. And you've talked about that, right? It has more to do with self-love because um, if we truly learn self-love, and again, this point has been, made over and over these in our public discourse these you know concepts are not new we teach in the school we teach self-esteem we we, we teach all of this stuff but many of us who are teaching it aren't applying it and many of us who are out here helping other folks aren't able to do that for ourselves it is hard work deconstructing our trauma rebuilding ourselves up and trying to to um, return to the pre pre traumatized child, because um, all of us got something, right? Yeah. Even if it was not um, um, something horrendously violent, uh, maybe. And, and many people will tell you who have experienced it. I never experienced it, but neglect and abuse aren't equal. Uh, neglect is actually worse from a traumatic. Uh, uh, emotional standpoint and it impacts your relationships worse than uh, physical abuse. Um, so 
Many of us were neglected because, again, we are coming out of a generation that prioritized work and survival. Um, and because we did have strong communities in some ways, our parents depended on the schools, depended on institutions to raise us. Um, and we are disconnected from our mother figures and our father figures. So healing that trauma is the absolute first step. And then, you know, it's... You got to be uncom get uncomfortable with being get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If nothing's happening in the space you're in, get, go go to a different space, right? Uh, I say this all the time and it's kind of I say it jokingly, but we can learn a lot from the simplest creatures. Right? When it gets cold, the birds fly south. When the, when the, when the the, the uh, bison uh, eat up all the grass. They go to a different part of the of the um, of the pasture until they and let the grass grow back, and then they come back. You know, you go where the prosperity is. You go where the opportunity is, and sometimes that might mean being uncomfortable. I think if we if we prioritize relationship or having a healthy relationship in our lives, we may have to make some changes. We may have to get outside of our comfort zones a little bit. We are in a an information-heavy society, yes. and there was a time when, and uh, you know, some of us long for those days where, you know, you could walk down the street in your community and catch somebody's eye, and they catch your eye, and you could ask that person to coffee, and you can sit down and have coffee, and it's history from there. That doesn't happen anymore, right? We are very, very busy. We are very, very involved. We are very, very um, distracted. Um, and we are, um, in some ways, killing ourselves emotionally as we try to um, survive physically. Thank you. And I, you know, I commend that space of vulnerability and even just expression because it's not easy, but anything worth having is worth investing your time and to all the men or anyone listening to this self-care is important you can't expect to have that love and that appreciation for someone if you're not doing that for yourself first because happiness comes from within and i truly believe that a happy person individually with another happy person individually will both focus on making they won't a lot of times in relationships, what I hear what people is, well, you're my wife or even you're my friend. You're supposed to do this. That's not what love is. Love is because I love you. I'm excited to see you happy and want to support you. But in my healing journey, as the Black thing that I am, one thing that I had a conversation about, so what are the things that you're not willing to budge on? And my thing is mental and emotional healing. Like for someone to date me, I need to know that you understand what therapy is, you understand what counseling is, you understand what self-care is. And if you have been through trauma, that you know that it's your responsibility to go get help and not me. Not only because I'm aspiring to be a therapist and counselor, but because that's not your partner's responsibility. That's not your wife or your husband's responsibility. That is their way of showing care and their expression of love, but that's not their responsibility because then it becomes work and no relationship should be work. There is work that you put into everything for it to grow and prosper, 
but it shouldn't be work. And so those are some things that I don't budge on. Does that mean the dating pool is lessened? Yes, but yeah. I'm glad. Right. So let me jump in. And you and I, we've had this before, and, I, I, and I'm comfortable being transparent with this. Um, um, this is just an example of what you are talking about. Um, when we were engaged, when my, my partner and wife, we became engaged, um, <laughs> we were having a discussion. And she said, listen, I am not going to marry an emotionally unhealthy person. I was very offended. And I asked her what she meant by that. She says, well, you don't have a relationship with your father. She said, but more alarmingly, you have a little brother. And you don't talk to him. You don't have a relationship with him. And he doesn't have a father. Just like you didn't have a father. You have the same father. And you're not doing anything about it. Man, I was crushed. But she was right. And that immediately, Carl, excuse me, Phoenix, it immediately resulted in uh, my embarking on a journey of healing with my father and all of my siblings, but in particular my little brother who has now passed away. What if I hadn't done that? Then uh, I, I can't imagine the guilt and shame that I would have to deal with right now if I hadn't had those years with him before he passed. And so I don't know why and how she got to be so wise, but again, I tell you, I appreciate what I have. But her, her, she exactly what you said. She, she, she was not going to, with eyes wide open, um, go into a relation, a marriage relationship with a person who had this kind of baggage. There was other baggage, but that one was one that really she felt like was um, 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 should have been prioritized, and she was one hundred percent correct. Okay, Dr. Thompson, for hitting close to home to me. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you said that because I did want to bring this up and you led right into my last conversation of the relationship between father and son. And I sat here listening to you and I was like, is she speaking to me? But anybody that knows me knows that I have been trying to mend the relationship with my father, but as a healed person and him being under and because I do astrology, I'm a Capricorn, solution-driven working, and my father is a Pisces male, and the lack of accountability, wanting to flow, just being that presence, um, rose-colored lens, is hard. My father has been through a lot of hurt and not acknowledge it. My father was incarcerated for 17 years for a crime he didn't commit. Um, his wife refused to come up there. I'm kind of like my mom. You went to jail, you did the time, that's yours. My mother was also, rest in peace, going through her own healing journey that she didn't fully finish. But with men, with my father, and I'm just being vulnerable, oh my God, I just feel so much emotion. Just This is a very touchy situation for me. It hurts because I'm trying to build a relationship and my father only wants to focus on the oppressive part of religion. And I'm very vocal about that, that I don't have an issue. My mentor is Christian. I have a lot of wonderful people. And I think the community of religion and spirituality should be together because we're all one in this universe, regardless of our understanding of who's most high, especially as black people, that's been used against us. That's a whole other conversation. But with my father being that he's the living, he's the parent that's alive, 
I'm trying to build a relationship with him. I'm trying to bridge the gap with him and my family and his family. And it's hard because you have a man that is refusing to budge. And I'm not devaluing how he feels or whatever. But I wasn't there. I'm literally trying to build a relationship with my father. And it's hard. And so I try. You know, right now, he's blocked. Because I don't do disrespect. When I ask you, parent or not, to respect my way of living, my peace, my lifestyle, you do not have the right to say God sent you. Because that's a lie. And I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I don't know why people use that as a weapon or whatever. But as a person who understands healing, you don't know how to talk to me. And so you're going to use the only thing that you know from how you were raised to try to get some attention because you know that's going to trigger a conversation. Well, that's changed. I don't give space to that type of attention seeking. But I have brothers. And sitting here listening to that, I have really been trying to build a relationship with my siblings. I'm the only one, I'm the oldest, but I'm the only one out of all my siblings that have not been incarcerated or whatever. And so I have a sibling in California, you know, we share the same name, different, la I mean, same first name and last name because my mother named my younger brother after me, even though he has a different father, but his father is gone and he never, my younger brothers never got to have a relationship with their mother. And so this is what being a man means to me is actually, I feel that men are the nurturing aspect. If anybody has listened to, I'm a goddess worshiper, the woman is God to me and I stand by that. They are creators. They are co-creators of the universe and we are as well too but they bring so much. They're so strong. Like, I i mean, the women, my sisters that stand by me. But, and overall, we are supposed to be the peacemakers. We are supposed to be the ones that support and walk by these women outside of sexuality and procreation. And we fail a little bit, but there's still hope and there's still opportunity. And so I appreciate you saying that because I'm sitting here like, I miss my brothers, you know, one of my brothers got out of jail and we talked, you know, his birthday is the same month as mine, my other two siblings in the same month, I just guess my mom just decided to have children in those time frames, but um, my process of healing and my growth spiritually has literally been that so that I can be the patriarch and the person to set the foundation of ancestral and generational healing because there is going to be a time where they're going to return to me. Do I have control necessarily on how those relationships go as the man that I am? No. But I do feel like it's still my responsibility to try when that space is given to keep that door open, cracked. Now, I say cracked because I have spoken about on my podcast to where I'm not going to leave the door for people that have disrespectfully abuse the door but for those who are willing and wanting to have that relationship I will make an effort and so I am the oldest you know for those for the men who are the oldest or older you know I do still believe in those morals of you know the oldest and things like that I do also acknowledge that for some people who are the oldest they may not be in that space of healing 
or be able to have that responsibility. But I love my family. I love my friends. I love everyone. And so I commend Dr. Thompson for saying that because those are the energies that I'm in right now. And for any man that's listening, you have the right and the responsibility to yourself to set that same foundation because women go through things, people go through things. And I I feel like for a lot of men, they need to understand how to set boundaries when it comes to their emotional weight that they can receive. And also setting that tone of how they want to move forward. I love seeing healthy relationships, regardless if you're LGBT or heterosexual, I don't really care. But in this, this month of Black history, which actually is 365 days a year, but that's a whole other conversation. I think it is very important for us to start moving towards our healing more, to start understanding and living in this moment, in this present of, we have fought so much, we deserve some peace. And understanding how to have that peace within the chaos that's still going on in the world, because chaos and order are balance for those that have that enlightened mind frame. So I know we have 10 minutes left and I'm just excited to really share this space with Eric. As I, I, I've said many times before, there are a, a group of, let me quote um, Stephen E. Smith. Um, I have a board of directors that are invested in the product that is me. And I've said this to Eric to his face before, I prayed for this relationship because I'm different. I am evolved beyond. I don't care if a person is straight, gay, blue, black, whatever. What I care about is what your presence brings to my life because I am, or I was a young child healing. I am a man, androgynous, whatever that is, that wants to grow in my purpose and be that man that's needed to be that brother to be that cousin to be that friend to be that bro that you can depend on you know I have male friends some of them need to get their lives together and I'm the person that every time they come over I'm not going to sit here and condone your foolish behavior you have qualities and the potential to be so much better for the woman that you're with or whatever. So when you're in my presence, you're gonna be held accountable. And they appreciate that. Because a lot of times young men and men have never had that. We do, going back to what you said earlier, the world is against us as black men. And so, yeah, it's easy to give up. It's easy to fall into that void in space of just being with everybody assumes and thinks you're going to be. But I challenge you to be greater than that. I challenge you to be what your ancestors fought for, even more to be what you deserve. And that's just the lovely energy that I want to leave for this evening. There will be more of these conversations. I want to give this space an opportunity for the extraordinary Eric to leave us with some words, that he wants to say or even just in this conversation in this space for healthy um, and holistic growth for men specifically. 
So, I, and I appreciate it, Phoenix. And, and I want to, you know, just really wrap up by saying, you know, we are with every great challenge come great, come great opportunities. And we are in a place where I think we are being forced. Hold on. father you guys he's tending to his child i just love seeing that okay i'm back um so where was i oh yeah um we're, we're in a place where it we are almost being forced but that's okay and so what we need to do is take advantage of the all of the resources that are available and and i really feel like we used to, we talk about so many things being taboo I mean, and you know, you know, people of different you know, uh, uh, sexual preferences and identities coming together. I think in the past those things were an issue. I don't feel like they're barriers anymore. Honestly, I feel like this is our time, and I think no one's gonna love us like us. Yeah. We just need to get to it. Get to it. If that means reestablishing, you know, healthy, well-functioning uh, men's groups. Um, Boy Scouts for our boys, um, um, whatever their you know re retreats are, it's time to get to it. And so, if you are a leader in your space or amongst your group, you know, step out. And if two people show up, that's three people who will leave there more healed, more supported, stronger, and healthier. If if thirty people show up, awesome. You're sending thirty people back to their families and their communities, more healed, more prepared emotionally to deal with what's coming today. And finally, protect your energy. Now, <laughs> I am not a person who, uh, slogans bother me sometimes, but I'm just gonna tell you, that one for me, this week especially, has been resonating all through my spirit. I chose, I'm one who chose not to watch the video of um, of the young man being uh, brutally beaten by the police. Uh, there's enough people watching it, uh, but honestly, I have to protect my energy. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, uttered one of my favorite quotes when he said, let no man bring you low enough to hate him. And so I don't want any hate in my heart. I want to love everyone that I can who will accept my love. But I also want to ensure that I am um, managing where I choose to engage. And we have the freedom to do that. You know, just because you're part of this particular group, if it's not healthy, you know, find another one. Just because you're part of a religion, if it's not healthy for you, find another one. You know, trust your instincts, trust your spiritual uh, radar. If it doesn't feel right, find another one. We're no longer under those the pressure we were under back in the day. We don't have to worry about what grandma going to say. Find another church. Find another job. Find another group of people to hang around. They don't have to look like you. If they look like you, great. Find some find places and spaces that are going to nurture you from the inside out, and then take that and um, and uh, use it 
to, um, I think, you know, our, every one of us has responsibility to the next generation. Um, you know, I always say my kids have the uh, advantage of having a present father. I have not been the perfect father. I haven't done everything right. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I've been present. So my, the next generation, you know, having a present father will be normalized and they can kind of take it to the next level, hopefully, of being not just present and accounted for, but, but literally, you know, maxing out that opportunity of being a parent and father. So, you know, here we are, Carl, you and I, excuse me, Phoenix, I've always said we're bridges. Right? We're, we're bridges for our families. We're not going to get it right all the time. You know? Um, you know, I didn't know what financial literacy was. I didn't know what uh, intimacy really was. I didn't know how to raise children. So I've learned some things along the way. I made a lot of mistakes, but the next generation is going to be better for it. Same in your family. You know, you are a pioneer and a trailblazer in your family. You are the bridge. So uh, with that, I'm going to close that. You know, I can talk all day, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to cut it off there. But I appreciate the opportunity, and you really have me um, uh, sort of uh, excited for this year, for 2023, and uh, what the possibilities are to. Um, really uh the, uh the pandemic is gone but it, it's uh gone from the world but it's still in our minds i think um and uh many of us including myself uh have to stretch our legs and and, and get out and be a little bit more social so i'm looking forward to looking forward to the future yes and before we end if anyone would like to reach out to you if you want to share your linkedin or your email if you're comfortable with that please leave that before we end our segment. Eric. Sir, I'm sorry. If anybody would like to contact you or reach out to you or connect, if you want to submit oh. your information. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So uh, I will tell you the easiest way. Um, and I'm not the most active on social media, but I do have a presence. Uh, I'm Eric Christian on all platforms. That's E-R-I-C-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Eric Christian on all platforms. All right. And I appreciate this so much. And of course, I always close out my segments just thanking everyone for sharing this space and time with me. Of course, Eric is my mentor and my friend. And so I enjoy doing these conversations. But for anyone that would like to reach out to me and connect with me on my podcast, I am on a social media fast, but you can always connect with me at CJ the Phoenix God. Um, you can always email me at the Phoenix Rises. That's T H E P H E O N I X R I S E S at yahoo.com or Facebook, the Phoenix Rises. When I remember my LinkedIn, I will give that to you guys. I'm growing and learning, but I do want to leave everyone listening with one of my mindful messages, especially for the men, this card that I shuffled and pulled out that the Spirit laid upon literally says balance. I surround myself with people I love and enjoy my time with them, but I also take time to nurture my relationship with myself. I have found a healthy balance between being with friends and having self-care time. So to those men or anybody that identifies as men or even in their masculine energy or anybody listening, find balance in those things that you're working to and those things that you love. But most of all, take care of yourself. Until next time, my beautiful dreamers, I am signing off. Au revoir, ciao, bella, adios.
Aslam Laykum, and peace and prosperous blessings unto you all. Later.